Good morning. It's a snowy morning in New York, probably the only snowy morning that we're going to see all winter. And this is the Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. ESPN reports this morning that federal investigators are looking into the financial dealings of Daniel Snyder, the loathsome owner of the National Football League team currently known as the Washington Commanders, as a result of the team having apparently taken out a $55 million line of credit without securing the necessary signatures of Snyder's minority partners in the team. Those minority partners, ESPN reports, filed a 61-page arbitration petition to the NFL complaining about various financial misconduct by Snyder. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell used the ensuing proceedings to quietly arrange for the aggrieved partners to sell their shares of the team and to be quiet. The report is full of all kinds of fun details, including that Snyder failed to make a quarterly profit payment to his partners at one point, and also that he allegedly expensed $7 million in unreimbursed business expenses, including a July 2018 yacht party in the south of France with fellow NFL owners. This included world-class cuisine prepared by some of the top personal chefs in the world and the highest quality wine slash beverages, the partners said in their petition. Just, you know, normal business expenses, like we all rack up. My personal favorite detail, though, is besides Snyder paying himself a salary of $10 million a year, he also had arranged for the franchise to pay him a total of $4.5 million for having the team logo emblazoned on his personal jet. An advertising fee, Snyder had called it, documents show. The lone humanizing detail in Dan Snyder's entire career of mismanaging his team, abusing his employees, squeezing every last penny out of his fans, sexually harassing cheerleaders, cutting down trees on public land to improve the view of the Potomac from his mansion. Through all this, the one thing that was supposed to tell the world that there was still a human being inside that hideously corrupted body was the memory of how, as a child, he would watch the football team wearing his lucky belt buckle with the team logo on it. Now, by allegedly siphoning money from the team to pay for putting the logo on the tail of his jet, he's debased even the one honest enthusiasm he was ever credited with. It would be nice, before the abolition of the carceral state, to see at least one rich person go to prison. It would be extra nice if it were Dan Snyder. Not counting on it, though. Speaking of swinish billionaires so far completely immune to consequences, the front of the Times has the news, based on newly released court documents, that Rupert Murdoch acknowledged in a deposition that several hosts for his networks promoted the false narrative that the 2020 election was stolen from former President Donald J. Trump, and that he could have stopped them, but didn't. This is the latest development in the lawsuit over Fox News' decision to try to lure back the viewers who were offended by its honest reporting of the election results in 2020 by knowingly telling them false stories about the election having been stolen, some of which revolved around the claims that Dominion voting systems had rigged the voting machines to turn the election against Donald Trump. In a more diffuse study of liability, culpability, and accountability, inside the paper, there's U.S. announces a crackdown on migrant child labor, following up on Sunday's New York Times front page story about how instead of putting migrant children in cages where they shock the conscience of the nation, the country transitioned to a program of pumping them into the interior of the country and sending them off to work dangerous jobs at illegally long hours in various industries. The Times, the story now says, found products made with child labor in the American supply chains of major brands and retailers, including Ben & Jerry's, Fruit of the Loom, Ford, General Motors, J. Crew, Walmart, 
Whole Foods, and Target. In Grand Rapids, Michigan, children worked late nights at plants operated by Hearthside Food Solutions, which makes and packages food for other companies, including General Mills, Frito-Lay, and Quaker Oats. In the Biden administration's hastily announced crackdown on all this, the Times writes that the Department of Labor, which enforces these laws, said it would target not just the factories and suppliers that illegally employ children, but the companies that rely on them to make their products or provide their workers, as opposed to the current system where they simply dump all responsibility off on the subcontractors. As in the Times' original, otherwise excellent investigation, all of the remedies discussed in this piece are administrative ones. Nowhere is there any suggestion that anybody might have to go to jail for breaking the law to exploit and endanger young children. And the Supreme Court is hearing arguments about how it can throw out the Biden administration's student loan forgiveness program and chain people back to their debt the way that God intended them to be. Along with the front page news story about it in the Times, page A5 is given over entirely to a giant ad. Why is the Biden administration giving American universities a blank check? Asks the Job Creators Network Foundation which does not identify in the ad or on its website who exactly runs it. According to Wikipedia, it is the Home Depot guy, plus Andrew Puzder, the former Hardee's and Carl's Jr. CEO, last seen in the public eye washing out as Donald Trump's would-be Secretary of Labor, thanks to an archival TV talk show clip of his ex-wife accusing him of spousal abuse. The ad denounces universities for exploiting students by taking tuition money without leaving them prepared for jobs. If there's one thing the fast food guy won't stand for, it's exploitation. That's the news. Keep your belt safely buckled and one hand on your wallet. We will talk again tomorrow.